And I fixed a garbage disposal today. I helped. <laughs> it was it was a team effort. Yeah, yeah. You didn't think it was fixed until I tried it again. <laughs> and then it then I fixed it. That's right. We're a Riverdale <laughs> recap podcast, if you couldn't tell. We are here to talk about Chapter 47, Bizarro Dale, by Britta London, directed by Harry Jirgian. And welcome back, Britta London. I, I have learned that whenever her name is the credited writer, I'm going to enjoy myself. And that has held true. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, and it's it's been a while. We had a little delay. It is. We, we took a week off. Welcome back. I hope people enjoyed uh, the bonus episode I put up in the meantime. With our very first guest and uh, someone with the least expertise uh, for yeah. this show. I'm sure it was a great episode. You should listen to podcasts sometime. You, you might enjoy podcasts. <laughs> Ted Leo and Amy Mann have a new interview show. I know. I want to listen to that one. They had an episode come out today with the, the guy from Semisonic. What? Yeah, that's who they talked to. What? You know, uh, another song he wrote, you, you you might know, was Someone Like You by Adele. He wrote that for Adele. What? Let's focus on this. <laughs> Let's focus on how we opened on some doo-wop music. We opened with doo-wop music uh, and Jughead saying that Riverdale is like Bizarro Town. <laughs> really ran out of metaphors, that boy. <laughs> He did. He did. He's at the back of his dictionary. I mean, it's a step above crime town. <laughs> He's on the rebound. So so we were at Pops, uh, and we see a lot of people there, including our, our core. We had Betty and Jughead. Mm-hmm. I think with Veronica, was Archie there? Was it someone else? And the camera meaningfully moves know. away from them because they are not the focus of this episode. No. Uh, so we move to... A booth that has former Sheriff Keller and former Mayor McCoy yeah. with uh, Josie and Kevin. Tom and Sierra have a very important announcement. They are to be wed. Kevin is very upset to learn that they do not want a big wedding. <laughs> they want to go to City Hall. Josie even agrees mm-hmm. that it's she is not happy about this, but she understands. and And they'll... Let it happen as long as there can be a really big wedding reception. At and Le Bon Nuit. Yes. Naturally. And uh, as Kevin says, if there is no wedding reception, it means the Gargoyle King has won. <laughs> <laughs> That's when I knew this was going to be a good episode. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That moment. This is what happens when you have characters that have never lived in a pre-9-11 world. <laughs> That's the clearest sign. Yeah. Yes. The- they're, they're very concerned about when the terrorists have won. So they're like, okay, fine. Have a reception, but a small one, not a big one. Uh, and you know, like, Kevin and Josie are just like, oh, we are pulling out all the steps. <laughs> you think Josie insisted on the uh, location because she's still, like, on contract for events there? Maybe. You have to have it here because then I get my two fifty. I get paid. Yeah. Come on. Uh so then Moose and his dad come in, swing by the booth, 
Sierra fills them in on the good news that they're getting married mm-hmm. and they can be their first invites to the reception uh, and they hope they'll come. This is the first appearance of Moose's dad, Marcus Mason, I believe. He's or, been in oh, that's the right. stuff as the ROTC. This is the most significant this is like appearance. the first time he's been out of school. That's true. He He's very gruff though at them that he'll have to check his calendar Mm -hmm. and after they leave we find out that sheriff keller former sheriff keller and marcus moose's dad used to be good buddies in school but they grew apart and sierra's like oh yeah he had a crush on me it was it was high school jealousy tore apart their their bestie ship yeah uh so then we go join cheryl and tony in a nice cuddle sesh yes where Cheryl seems to be just wearing a lacy bra and flannel. She She's ready for every occasion. Like you do. Dress up, dress down, undress. She is ready. Yeah. Tony's talking about how she misses the gang. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Not her gang of friends, the actual gang. Yeah, if you can even call them that at this point. They're also talking about their SAT scores. <laughs> they, um, they get them. They get them. Yes. Cheryl was very worried that she wasn't going to get one good enough. She wants to continue continue the tradition of going to this college that all the other Blossom women have gone to. Uh, apparently uh, an exclusive all-women's college. Yes. Cheryl's score is very, very good, but not perfect. No. We don't get an actual number. That's no. That's the most we know. Whereas Tony scored a perfect score on the SATs. Apparently. Yes. 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 So then we go hang out with uh, Hermione and Reggie and Veronica. They are getting a lecture from Hermione about how they're going to pay everything back that got burned. They're getting their marching orders. They have to come up with the difference to buy out the buyer's stake. Yes. Uh, Hermione means business because she's calling Veronica Miha. (laughs) I'm like, oh shit. Oh no. In response to the the natural question, just how much do we owe? She she writes down a slip of paper and slides it over, and like th- this is two straight scenes where the episode hates numbers. Oh yeah, they, they don't want not, you to know. Of all of the things that might age poorly in this show, are are they like inflation proofing it? Is that the thing? I guess inflation, and also just in case the SAT scoring system changes again. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, they also won't tell us here who the name of the buyer is. Right, but they should expect to hand deliver to an intermediary, a courier for the buyer. Yes. So Cheryl goes to meet with, uh, an admissions counselor? Not an admissions counselor, Gu- guided- the headmistress. Headmistress, actually, yes. Yes, we find that out later. Exclusive school. Not a dean, a headmistress. That's how old-fashioned they are. Yes. Uh, and, and she's talking about how she's a great candidate, uh, for the college. Highsmith College, by the way. Yes. And even without that, like, she's a legacy. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. and that's when the headmistress informs her that, well, uh, the board has decided that we're not gonna, like, honor legacy anymore. We're going to be open to a broader group. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They're going to do the exact opposite of every other college that uh, survives from large donations. Yes. How? How does every other parent trying to register their kid feel right now? Yeah. Cheryl, of course, questions, what board member suddenly developed a conscience? Mm -hmm. Uh, Because her mom sits on that board. 
She sits a lot of places. She'll she sit on boards. She'll sit on faces. She'll sit a lot of places. Yep, on babies. <laughs> she will sit on babies. Yep. So they hatch because she's a reptile. Yep. So Kevin and Moose are having a nice makeout time. Uh, and Kevin, uh, between smooches, uh, asks Moose to go to his dad's wedding with him mm-hmm. as his date. Yeah. Uh, but they are interrupted by the rest of the RROTC yes. rushing in. They're RRRushing in. Yes, because it is time for the army recruitment. Uh, the Navy, Navy rec- recruitment officer is here. Yeah. Uh, and so they start to leave, and Moose uh, quickly tells Kevin, no, he can't. Uh, oh, poor Moose. Poor Kevin. Poor Kevin. Hey, Kevin, remember Joaquin? He's dead. You should mourn him. That's why he's all on the Moose train. There's no more options. He could go to Greendale and be all like, resurrect my boy. <laughs> or he could... No, no, Ambrose is too old for him. I did... By like 80 years. Oh my years. god! I want them together! At least that is 80 the, years too old for that him. That is the crossover ship that I did not realize I wanted, that I need in my life. If I cannot I have zombie Joaquin, uh-huh. I want... Kev bros. <laughs> Kev bros. Look, we're all Kev's bros, okay? I am Kev's bro. You're Kev's bro. Fuck, I want that so bad. <laughs> I did see some fan art you know? that was all like Sabrina resurrecting Joaquin. Oh, good. And, and, That's uh, how Afterlife with Archie starts. The, the, the actor who plays Joaquin like Instagrammed it and was like, Oh, this would be cool. <laughs> and I was like, yes. So then uh, Josie uh, swing, swings by Sweet Peas. Yeah, Sweet Pea is upgraded to a, a travel trailer, like a, a pop-up camping trailer. Yeah. Um, and he is so freaking happy to see her. He's an adorable puppy dog. It's so cute. Because she's also looking for a date to, to the big uh, uh, wedding reception. Yes. The social event of the season. And he's all like, date? Date like I'm your boyfriend? And she has to let him down easy. Like, all all the same focus she's had on her singing, I, that that hasn't changed. And he's like, you know what has changed? Your ability to, to just keep me on a leash. Yeah. My name he's is like, now Commitment P. Yeah, he's like, I would be with you in a second, but I can't keep doing this. <laughs> That's not the way I'm built. I want a relationship, and I'm just over here fucking melting <laughs> about how much Sweet Pea just wants a girlfriend. He I, just wants someone to love and cuddle. I would love this scene filmed from an opposite angle where you have, like, fangs in the window, like, holding up cue cards <laughs> and, like, giving them the stay strong sign. Yeah. Like, you can do it. Yeah. Don't let her do this again. You're a strong, independent man. You remember, know what you want, and it's a relationship. Remember that time we killed a guy? Be that, sweet pea. <laughs> Stand up for your feelings. <laughs> so then uh, Cheryl goes to uh, the Maple Club mm-hmm. to to visit her mama. Mumsy. Dearest Mumsy. And confront her about how she sabotaged her going to college. I'm a uh, little disappointed she was right that that's what's happening. I mean, obviously, that's what it... 
was going to be, but I kind of hoped it was the rest of, of the, the admittance board just making a no more blossoms policy. Yeah. Because they keep murdering people. Yeah. But no, it was actually Penelope who uh, does not want the hollowed halls to be polluted by someone with Cheryl's alignment. Mm -hmm. Men are animals. And women loving women are less than human as well. She just kind of hates everybody. She's more of a misanthrope than anything. Which makes it very weird that she, like... Is so into sexy times. She's like, what are you even into at this point, Penelope? She's, <laughs> she's into sadism, but not the sexy kind. But she gets away with it by dressing it up as the sexy kind. Yeah, I think I'm not really sure. <laughs> uh, so this is the sexy time episode because uh, ex sheriff Keller and ex mayor McCoy are having some sexy time, They're... where they are. Uh, Talking about how there's charges against him and he wants to go straight to trial. They're having a fun oh. little role play session. I, I like there's a subtle note of characterization here. Yeah. That that in in their their little playful role play, Sierra is still a lawyer, mm -hmm. but Tom is an accused criminal. He's on the oh, opposite side of the, the law. The bad boy. Than he is in his, his old day job at least. I and mean, I think that's interesting. It's adorable <laughs> and really weird at the same time. But we get some good shots of Tom's hunky dad bod. Yep. Definite dad bod, but still hunky. And Sierra's all like, walks away and is all like, I'm going to have a snack before my other snack. <laughs> and at first, all I thought was, is she pregnant? <laughs> D darling. So prediction. Dar darling, no. Prediction. <laughs> I have to introduce Prediction. you to some slang. I know what it meant. I know what it means. I know what the snacking's gonna be. But at the same time, I was like, what the hell? What if she is pregnant? And there's gonna be a little Kevin Josie baby. It would not be a Kevin Josie no, baby. It would be like, a Sierra Tom baby. Well, yeah, but you gotta combine their, like, faces. Yeah, that's how casting will go. They will offer... They'll, they'll do the CGI from Twilight, but with the two of them on top of a child. No, no, they'll get Ashley Murray and Casey Cott to have a child. To make a baby. And then they will cast that infant as Sierra yeah. and Tom's baby. And darling, I know what snacking means. I know. <laughs> the fact that you said I know what snacking means suggests you don't. Snack. I get it. Oh my god, you have no faith in me. Let's just rewind and talk about how much uh, Cheryl's honeybee brooch owns. I love that piece oh, she I was didn't, wearing. I didn't notice it. Oh, so good. Uh, when she goes to get her snack, she screams and we get a nice jump scare to a letter. Yes, beneath that cloche <laughs> where she was hiding her midnight snack. And uh, the the letter is addressed to their midnight club names. Yes. Of Fair Satana? Salt Sultana? Saltine? Fair Saltine. <laughs> and uh, salt Friar Thomas. Friar Thomas. Uh, and about how that if they wish to live... They must reunite the Midnight Club and finish Ascension Night, or the children will pay. 
<laughs> Hugs and kisses the Gargoyle King. Mwah, love you. Bye. Happy face. Little heart over the eye. Happy birthday. So yeah, they're like upset and there goes sexy time. <laughs> yeah, real boner killer having your children's <laughs> lives threatened. Oh, some people might find it thrilling. Well, we already saw Penelope. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so over at school, uh, Kevin is drowning his sorrows in candy. In Swizzlers. Swizzlers. <laughs> the, the latest in our line of not brand name names. Uh, and a whole lot of like, uh, M&Ms or, or... N&Ns. N&Ns or whatever it is across <laughs> the table, not in the packaging where I'm like, you better not eat that. Do you know how many people have had, probably had sex on that table at school? He's not going to pick them up off the table. He's going to bend forward and pick them up with, with the adhesion of his tongue, like bobbing for very, very small apples. So Cheryl uh, comes by and is all like, well, I'm not trying to carb shame you. But, but I'm trying to carb shame you. It's just not worth it. He, he tells her his tale of woe about this guy that he knows. And she she's like, yeah. knows it's Moose. Moose. Fuck. Everyone knows it's Moose. But he, he has a really heartfelt, you know, confession about where, like, he, he enjoys being with Moose. He loves being with Moose. And he can't uh, continue on this way. With uh, uh, someone who who's not fully invested, he he can't hide behind doorways anymore, mm-hmm. and he can't hide in the forest either. So she suggests option number three: promotional consideration provided by Bumble. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and she's all like, "You can find a nice out and proud dude on there. It'll be great." They show the user interface. <laughs> And it's not even the first time. I didn't know in that earlier episode that this was a real app. I was wondering why it didn't rhyme with with grinder, <laughs> or just use the the old like season two grinder equivalent name. Yeah, I didn't know Bumble's real. I don't date, obviously. I knew that. Well, fine. I knew something you didn't know. <laughs> why don't you? Go, why don't you go snack about it? <laughs> You spit in my mouth. I did. <laughs> so he he also fills Cheryl in about how Moose can't come out because his dad is not a fan of gay people. To the one person in town who can most relate. Yes, and so she is pissed off. Like <laughs> yeah. you would be. Yeah. Uh, and how she she she's very tired of of this. But but she can't just say she's tired no. of homophobia. She she's Cheryl Goddamn Blossom. Yes. So she must say she she is tired of people who refuse to accept that being gay is anything less than rapturous. Yes, because Cheryl. Because Cheryl. Uh, and so she suggests that Moose needs some subtle nudges, uh, to get things moving. And and Kevin's just like, you mean Activia? But, <laughs> I guess, but he bulldozers. He need. I guess he needs like a whole cow of activity. I don't know. So uh, then the next morning, Cheryl is on the school intercom, mm-hmm. announcing that she is starting an LGBTQA uh, club. Mm-hmm. And then does the <sighs> worst fucking bullshit that that any of these teens have done. Ever. At least, if you only include things real teens would plausibly do. You know what? 
Archie seems smart compared to this. Uh, she she begins the, the story of today's blind item, which I guess is a part of the morning announcements where Cheryl gossips about people. I don't understand this in the yeah. least. But in this case, she, she talks about this sad tale of a closeted RROTC member uh, who hopefully finds the, the courage and support he needs to come out and, and make his musical theater-loving boyfriend uh, a happy man. Who in the world could that be? She just outed Moose not only to, well, I mean, to the entire student body, and up to this episode, we've only seen his dad in the fucking school. So, yeah. So there you go. Um. So then we get a shot of Moose, who is panicking, and Kevin, Absolutely who is panicking. Panic livid at Sheriff. This insane, just this incredible invasion of privacy, removal of choice, betrayal of trust. Yep. Uh, so then we, we go to Kevin and Moose talking, and, and Moose is instantly like, did you put her up to it? And he's like, no. No. Everyone, no fucking way. Everyone is immediately against Cheryl, to their credit. But Kevin does stand up for himself here and is like, I, I can't keep doing this, mm-hmm. though. Like, we either need to be a couple or not. I can't keep doing this if you're in the closet. And he's like, I'll respect your choice, whatever it is, but yeah. we're either together or we have to break up. We're together openly or not at all. Yeah. Yeah. Tony is Flipping out at Cheryl. She's absolutely pissed that... Uh, if it was anyone but Cheryl, she would have shoved their face through the, the bathroom mirror. Which is have, where they confront one another. She, she would have tracked down Fangs and Sweet Pea <laughs> and had them all beat on the person. So you've had some murder practice recently, right? You Do you want to have cause for another party? And she's the one that points out that Moose's dad could have heard it. Yeah. And that... Members of her own family don't accept the fact that she's dates girls. Yeah, she she was cast out of her her birth family, and that's why the the serpents, which she has now lost, were so important to her. Yes, she's like this is what you do. You create. You're too busy creating chaos. You don't pay attention to what's going on around you or who it's affecting. Which is a story dynamic that is absolutely uh, supported by Final Bid Glenbrook, as everyone who listened to our last episode would know. Yeah. Yeah. They also talk a little bit about how college is Cheryl's legacy. Mm -hmm. The serpents were Tony's, and now she doesn't have a legacy. Yeah, I don't think these kids know what legacy is. I'm, I don't think, I'm surprised I think they need she, a dictionary. She scored so well on, on the uh, the vocabulary portion. They use much bigger words in the SATs. I guess so, because uh, it could be a path to a future legacy. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, it could be something they plan to inherit. So then Archie... Uh, B- birthright, not legacy. <laughs> Archie pulls a jughead when he's, like, walking down the hallway and then he's like, ooh, let me look in the music room. <laughs> uh, but instead of seeing anyone smooching someone they shouldn't, he sees Josie crying. Alone. Alone. No one to smooch. And I'm like, oh, good. She's not cheating or having an affair with someone. Can't cheat if you're not attached. Uh, so he goes in and finds out that uh, there's a recruiter from Juilliard who's holding auditions and she was has an audition and she thought Sweet Pea would give her a ride but she never got around to asking because he was like I'm not being taken advantage of anymore 
Um, so she's doing a lot of woe is me. Yeah, yeah. She. I'm like, don't they have Uber or Lyft there? Also, this town is three buildings. Yeah. You could walk. <laughs> Do you also have no other friends? I would expect Josie to not have a lot of other friends. I mean, she, she has lost. Most she of was them. super tight with Cheryl until Cheryl tried to go single white female on her ass. Yeah, she she uh, blew off her former bandmates. I mean, part of what the conversation she does have is that she doesn't really have anyone. But again, taxi. There's definitely a taxi. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like that while we're checking in with these secondary characters that I wish we saw more often, we do see these signs that their story has been continuing. We just haven't seen it. Yes. I wish I saw it, but I like that they aren't on pause in the background. Yeah. She does She does talk and fill Archie in about how uh, she and Sweet Pea were together for a while, kind of, but she ended it. Mm-hmm. Um, Back at Labor Day. That her mom doesn't even know she has an audition because she can't deal with the fact of if she doesn't get in having a conversation with her mother about anything after that. Right. Um, so Archie offers to take her to the audition. Yeah, Ar- Archie has a jalopy and is willing to do someone a solid. Yeah. 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 Reggie and Veronica are uh, talking about the money they owe. And what the heck they're going to do. Reggie's like, bank robbery. Obviously. Uh, And then he gets the light bulb that's, wait, my dad owns a car dealership. We should rob the car dealership. A car dealership that apparently has a lot of cash on hand. I mean, in, in a safe, but on hand. Do that many people actually pay for cars with cash? It makes me think maybe it's a used lot, because that's probably more common with cheaper cars than if, you know, you're getting something straight out of the, the showroom. But later on in this, like, scene, he talks about how his dad takes the customer to pop to try to smooth smooth them over and get them to finish the deal. And if it's used cars, you ain't gonna do that. It's a small town. I think you're gonna do that, especially if you're trying to scam someone. Con artist is short for confidence. Yeah. You gotta get him on your side. So so Reggie, though, thinks this is a great idea. Veronica's like, we can't do that. <laughs> we shouldn't steal from your dad. He's like, no, it's, it's really stealing from my future. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's Another insurance. bit about legacy, which means birthright and not legacy. Yeah, and uh, there's insurance, and my dad deserves it because he beats the shit out of me all the time. Let's just, you know casually talk about the abuse i get that's another thing i actually liked (laughs) going back to the point i made a minute ago Mm -hmm. reggie is now at a point where he will say outwardly to veronica at least that his dad hits him yes compared to where we first saw that that makeup yes that shows development Mm -hmm. see this show can be subtle sometimes just trust a little (laughs) trust sometimes goes rewarded uh so yes his plan is that there's security only at night. They're going to go during lunch when his dad's normally at Pops. Mm-hmm. Uh, he'll wear a gargoyle mask. To throw off the scent. And Veronica's going to be his baby driver. I don't know where they're going to get a baby <laughs> in the middle of all this. I'm just like, there's no way she's going to drive as good as that. <laughs> does, does that make uh, Miss Grundy the Kevin Spacey? Yes. Yeah, I think it yeah, does. Yeah, it does. Yeah. 
Wow, that's deep on so many levels. <laughs> then we're having a meeting of the Midnight Club. Mm-hmm. Because literally all of them have gotten letters from the Gargoyle King. So th- this is a meeting that is held in Hermione's offices between yes. nearly all of the Midnight Club parents. Yes. Well, it gets questioned like, well, FP, I thought, you know, you caught the Gargoyle King. He's like, well, no, Tallboy was like using it as cover. For the drug operation. There's no way Tallboy was the guy who's messing with us in high school. Yeah. So, and the fact is they have to assume it's real. You know, maybe if they, they follow these steps, they can actually catch him. But they all have to participate, so that means Hermione has to get Hiram. Yeah, a- after the first person says, but we all have to participate, there's this strange pause, and I'm thinking, are they going to resurrect Daryl Doyley? <laughs> <laughs> Gotta go to Greendale! <laughs> They, they don't have to resurrect him. They just have to exhume him. And, yeah. and they have oddly nerdy bones laying in the cafeteria. Yes. <laughs> they all have to walk around like banging his bones together. <laughs> Josie goes to the audition. Mm-hmm. And Archie watches. We don't get to hear her sing. We just get to see her t- take a deep breath. We, we get uh, this, of course, shot from below. Spotlight coming from behind. She's bathed in golden light. You can see that she's confident. She's going to kill it. Cut off before she actually starts singing. Yep. We also see that Juilliard rented out the town hall performance space. And I'm like, why couldn't you walk? Why couldn't you fucking walk, Josie? Your mom used to work there. That, that's where the mayoral candidates were shot at. That's where you first performed in the series. I don't understand why she couldn't walk. I hope Archie was like, what the fuck? I better get some sex out of this. Long-term thinking. So Veronica is sitting in the car uh, as... The baby driver mm-hmm. reading uh, The Girl in 3B. Uh, the Girls in 3B is a uh, classic lesbian pulp novel about some some young lesbians living in the big city from the 1950s, I want to say. And then there's gunshots. And there's gunshots. Veronica, of course, is dressed the same way she was when they busted Archie out of prison. With her big glasses, her black headscarf. She had a colorful headscarf, I thought. Oh, so as to not be confused. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. For Um, the sketch artist, throw them off. But Reggie comes running, screaming, drive, drive. And what does she do? Stare at him and go, oh my God, are you shot? Now, Veronica, the first key to be a good getaway driver is to drive (laughs) when you need to get away. It takes... A good, like, 20 seconds for her to start driving. But Reggie did his job. He's got a big duffel bag full of cash and a bullet in the the elbow. (laughs) Yep. So meanwhile, Cheryl and Tony go visit the Maple Maple Club again for Operation Fifty Shades of Blackmail. Mm Mm-hmm. But Penelope catches them. After they have uh, snapped a few candid photos of, of clients. Yes. Of course, we have a standoff here where it's like, step down, or we'll tell everyone about your brothel. I'm not ashamed of my brothel. Well, maybe other people are ashamed of coming to your brothel. <laughs> she says it's all above board which make, and, and legal, which makes me think it's not a brothel. <laughs> like, maybe it's a, it's a private members-only club with high dues, mm-hmm. and lots of sex just happens to happen. I'm sure that's what she'll say to the police. Yeah. Yeah. 
But there's a showdown in, in domination here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so back at Pops, Josie and Archie are hanging out, and we find out that uh, Josie did not get a Juilliard, a Juilliard callback. And I was like, that was really fast. <laughs> yeah, they must have really like, hated her. Two hours. Is, maybe it's like the first round in American Idol, like they know instantly. I I guess, but you know, it takes a while to write emails. <laughs> How many people do you think auditioned in Riverdale? They must have hated everyone. <laughs> if, maybe if they had to go to Midvale, one, the car ride would have made more sense. Yeah. And two, yeah, they, they probably would have had more kids show up. I was waiting for Archie to be like, oh, wait, I'll audition too. And then like take away Josie's thunder or something. Or make her look way better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But hey, there's always senior year. Yes. Although, wasn't Josie supposed to be older than Archie? So this is so. her senior year? I thought so. I think so. I think that was the case in season one, at least. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Josie. Uh, so Josie is talking about how she's given so much. Uh, she doesn't know what she's going to do. She has been working towards this and has just made herself be alone. Mm-hmm. And Archie's like, I'm alone too. Mm-hmm. We can be alone together. <laughs> Archie has <laughs> Archie has really regressed in a good way. Archie's back to like first five episodes, Archie, yeah, I'd like, say. Yeah, like cute little charming Archie. He's... He's just trying to help out his buds and be there. And I also noticed in this scene that Pops is lit like the inside of the light bar on top of a cop car. Yeah. It's all bright blue and bright yeah. red. Uh, so Josie also mentions that she can't get a date for her mom's wedding. So yes. Archie's like, well, I'll go with Hell you. yeah. Somebody in need. I'm, I'm your man. And I'm free cake. Red Paladin over here loving cake, living life. <laughs> I guess in the basement, yeah. right now, at the same time. Meanwhile, ten feet down. Reggie's just like, I can't believe I was shot. <laughs> He's so this happy. This is great. I'm going to tell everyone I've been shot. <laughs> and Veronica's like, no, you don't. You can't tell anyone you were shot. And this just occurs to Reggie in and that it, moment. His soul is crushed that he can't tell people he got shot. He was so excited to have something to tell Archie next time he brags about so his bear could, attack scars. So he, they can compare scars. Oh, yeah, you got scratched by a bear. I got shot. My scar's bigger than yours. My, I got stitches in the basement. She sanitized it with chocolate syrup. Darling. What? Maple syrup. It clearly has antibiotic properties. But uh, Reggie's not finished. No, no, being... no. They actually used all that alcohol that they apparently are now serving. Now he has to do another run across the border because they're out. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But Reggie's not done being the lovable buffoon I adore. No. Because it's time to look at the spoils and, yes. and count the take. Hopefully yeah. they've gotten enough. So so he uh, opens the doctor's bag of money and a dye pack explodes all over him. <laughs> and he's just like, fuck. He becomes a smurf. He becomes a smurf. Also, they're Going to be killed by Papa Poutine. That is what I'm thinking right now. Papa Poutine gonna fuck you up. Papa Poutine the third. Yes. So, uh, back at school, Mm -hmm. 
Kevin is at his locker, and suddenly Moose pops out of nowhere and lays Whoa. one on him. Big ol' smoochum time. He did it. He told his dad that he is gay, and they went to Pops and got chicken pot pie. Which must be a good sign. Uh, and and Kevin is, is very proud of him, and is all like, okay, so we going to be my date to the wedding. And it's all like, yeah. And also, also, we should set a time, uh, clear our busy schedules for homosexual intercourse. And, okay, we've been debating and going back and forth many times about whether they have had sex or not. This episode strongly implies they have not had actual sex. Even though in the first chapter of the show, they are two minutes away from having penetrative sex. I am so confused about what they're doing a lot of the time when they're (laughs) together. It's been a calendar year and a half. I thought we I thought they had made ground on this already. I I I know there's it's been on again off again. There's been push and pull like maybe since they started seriously underground dating it was like a let's make it special sort of thing. The beach is kind of not good because I have memories of finding that corpse. <laughs> I'm confused. <laughs> Someone make a a flow chart. They've had a sex hole for how long already? Anyways. It's important for the story for this to be a a big uh, uh, sort of watershed moment in their relationship. However, it does seem to call into question a lot of their previous relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Cheryl goes back to the college Mm -hmm. because apparently it's, I don't know, in the same town. (laughs) I'm very confused about where this college is. Well, she can get a ride. Yeah. She used to be Josie's ride. (laughs) She just hops around, though, like, I'm here. (laughs) She probably still has a private jet, you know, this family that's broke now. Yeah. Yeah. So apparently the school has suddenly decided again uh, that they will submit legacy students. Mm -hmm. Uh, And Cheryl declares her entrance interview over because she's such a perfect candidate. So she instead donates her her remaining time to a a equally uh, qualified one that they probably do not yet have on their radar. Tony. Tony! Of course! Of course! Who is, speaking of outfits, sleeveless with like the lapel chain. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, she gets welcomed in to show her portfolio of... uh, Her her photography portfolio. Photography. Wasn't it like photojournalism or something? Cheryl introduces her as uh, a photojournalist and future Nobel Peace Prize winner. Yes. Yes. Photojournalists usually win Pulitzers more often than Nobels because there's a category for them. Yeah. But shoot for the stars. That's what I say. Uh, So meanwhile, uh, Veronica and Reggie go to meet their drop-off person for the money. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. and they're all, like, ready for it to be Papa Poutine-type men who are going to beat the shit out of them. They don't know what to expect, but they know it's going to be bad because yeah. they do not have the money. The money they do have is completely unusable. Yes. Uh, and then a stiletto boot comes out. And then we see Gladys Jones. Who the the two characters we're following do not recognize. They do not well, because when would they have ever met her? Yeah, she skipped town years and years ago. Well, 
Veronica wasn't around. Exactly. And Reggie was too much of a dick. Yeah. Uh, but when she does introduce herself, like, you don't, oh, you, you probably know my boy. The, the, the faces of shock. Incredible. They're all like, what? And so they do hand over the very dyed money. Mm -hmm. um, she gives them credit for, for being honest, being uh, gangsters of integrity. Yes. And uh, uh, offers out of the goodness of her heart to uh, uh, strike a deal for the payment that's owed with uh, interest to cover the laundering costs in more ways than one. But with a payment plan, so so they aren't, you know, killing themselves in the short term. And she also wants Reggie's car, which yes. is apparently named Bella. And he loves that car so much. Yes. Uh, and she also instructs them to not tell Jughead. Uh, otherwise, she'll have to tell Hiram about what Veronica's mother was up to. Mm-hmm. Trying to sell off the empire, the, the drug portion of the empire, behind his back. Yeah. Mostly succeeding, except it doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. So at school, Cheryl goes up to Moose uh, and apologizes for outing him and that she was in the wrong and she should have never done it. And with a bit of a pause, he, he accepts and also lets her know that, you know, it might have done some good. He came out to his dad. He, he was lucky enough that it was the wrong push. It was the wrong thing to do. But he took the push anyway. Yes. And it's it's worked out for the last 18 hours. And he's also like, oh, yeah, and Kevin and I are going to do it. Apparently, he knows about some secret bunker. And she's like, oh, honey, bring some fresh sheets. <laughs> A lot of people have had sex on that cot. <laughs> yeah, not so secret. <laughs> no, not secret. So the Midnight Club uh, is now sneaking into school. In a direct parallel to the shots of, of them sneaking in in the Midnight Club episode. Yes. Alice in front, as always. They, they come in. I would love to see these side by side because I think they, they keep the same marching order, mm -hmm. right? Like all good uh, dungeon delvers. Uh, but Alice stays behind to like stroke the windowsill where she carved her initials. Yes. Uh, and so they must find the chalices and uh drink up but penelope uh brought some antidote for the cyanide <laughs> is that a thing of course it is <laughs> i just watched her do it it, it wasn't miming that's definitely a thing uh so she passes out the tiny little vials and everyone luckily is tentative to drink them <laughs> She goes first, and then they, they all uh, imbibe. Uh, Hiram does make it there. He is leaning on both his wife and an incredibly fancy cane. Oh, yes. He, he looks like a pimp now. It's one of his many business ventures, yes. yes. Uh, so meanwhile, in the bunker, Kevin has been lighting candles for like an hour. It's not for the romance. It's for the corpse smell. Because <laughs> there's a body still under the cot. And he's all like, I know candles, they're dumb. But then Moose pulls some candles out of his backpack. Oh, true love. He went to Yankee Candle. <laughs> and then it's time to strip they, and make out. They've had hotter makeouts. Yes. And neither of them get shirtless. No, I am so pissed about anything to do with this bunker and how, okay, Jump ahead. We're going to come back to them cuddling mm -hmm. after they've had some fun times, and they are still in their shirts. 
I get to see everyone else topless. Yeah. I want them topless. Casey Cott has been working out. We've, I I want to see his his chest. We've seen the arms. I want to see the washboard. I know he has it. It's got it. Probably. It, they probably won't show it because it's better than KJ Appa's. <laughs> and they're like, fuck. It's a conspiracy. Or it looks exactly like KJ Appa. So then Veronica would not know those abs anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a twist. Ooh. Uh, so anyways, back at the school, they have searched everywhere for the chalices, and they can't find them. And then all of a sudden, Penelope screams down the hallway, and they all rush in, and, uh... They find a bloody steer skull with its horns. And on the wall, written in blood, it says, got you. They realize that this was all a trick and a trap. Not a continuation of Ascension Night, not some mere prank. But a a way to lure them away from protecting the children they so love. And so everyone immediately jumps on their cell phones and calls their children. And wouldn't you know... Everyone's having sex! Does no one at this school assign homework? Does no one have have a television program they, they particularly enjoy? Well, okay, the only people not having sex are Josie and Archie, no, they're, who are they're... jamming out in his bedroom. Yeah, they're they're about to have an introductory first base makeout. Yes, b- before later having sex in an episode or two. So so they get interrupted first, and uh, Fred's all like lock the door, and then we go check in on Reggie and Veronica, and I love that they answer their phones while still stacked on top of each other. Yeah, yeah. Veronica looks like she's ready to ride uh, Reggie for the the full eight seconds and get her rodeo medallion. Yeah. Uh, oh boy. Uh, we we check in on Betty and Jughead, who are in this episode. In flagrante. Um, also, answer their phones while wrapped around each other. Uh, then we go to Cheryl and Tony. Real easy filming days for uh, Lily <laughs> Reinhardt, I gotta say. She was not on the call sheet very often. Oh. I, I do love Cheryl's way of picking up the phone uh, to her mother and saying, what do you want, night hag? Yeah. 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 We're spoiled for episode titles this uh, week. Thank you. Sheriff Keller is trying to call Kevin and he is not answering. And Penelope instantly... Kind heart in her body, I guess. She found one. Is like... She must have eaten it when she was <laughs> going for fried chicken. She accidentally ate the bones. She instantly asked Cheryl if she knows where Kevin is. Mm-hmm. So then we go to the bunker, and this is where they are snuggling mm-hmm. with their shirts on. What the fuck? We've seen Moose shirtless in, like, football team locker room scenes. I think, right? I think so. I think so. But then there's like knocking on the bunker mm-hmm. and Kevin's instantly saying, Betty, I reserved the bunker for the night. I need to see the reservation chart. I need to see, <laughs> is, is it a Google calendar? Is it on Outlook? Is, is it there a, a group chat? Is there just a whiteboard? Are they lo-fi? <laughs> and he's getting very frustrated, continue to, continuing to yell, Betty, I reserved it. I would love if there's just like seriously a whiteboard by the door. You you sign up for your time, <laughs> and you also have to sign up for a, a laundry time. Yeah. Uh, if you actually do the laundry, you get extra credit. If uh, you can't do that, you have to at least provide a couple quarters for the laundromat. Yeah. Yes. Okay. That that's the rules they worked out. Um. So they both get up. 
And then they see the gargoyle gang yes. uh, standing under the sex hole entrance. Uh, I do not want to be under the sex hole entrance. <laughs> that sounds like something they charge extra for at the Maple Club. And then they charge them and grab them both. This this is where like Kevin like dropped his phone during this. But they get dragged out and they are taken into the woods where they are put before the gargoyle king and uh, Kevin is having to catch Moose up to everything that's going on. He's having to interpret for the Gargoyle King and the Gargoyle Gang, who is not speaking, mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. they want us to uh, roll or flip for our life or flip for the cup. Mm-hmm. Moose is like, I'm not going to drink that. And then there are knives. So Kevin instantly knows, well, they're going to kill us if we don't. So we should probably drink it. And he flips. He selects his chalice. He begins to drink just to, to you know, jump on that grenade. Uh, for Moose's sake. And uh, suddenly the Gargoyle King is hit with an arrow. Because <laughs> Cheryl is on the hunt, motherfucker. Leading the cops to them <laughs> when they grab everyone. Is she deputized? She is the Red Arrow <laughs> of Riverdale. <laughs> She's the new arsenal. Yes. And they rip off the masks off of all the Gargoyle gang, and it's all the ROTC boys. Mm-hmm. So then they rip off the mask of the Gargoyle King, and it is Moose's dad. Yes. What the fuck? Mr. Mason, how could you? Marcus, as his name. Yes, it is. Yes. Uh, so FP takes him into jail. I'm really surprised at FP because he showed up to this wearing the wrong jacket. He's in his serpent leather when they go and track him down instead of his his work uniform. Well, he was breaking into the school, so he could not be in uniform. Ah, uh, you though- go in uniform and then you use the front fucking door. Who's going to say or shit? Or you say, I, uh, I heard there's people breaking in, so I decided to check it out. But he he is talking to Marcus and comes to the conclusion that no, he is not. The real Gargoyle King. Not the high school Gargoyle King, he, who is still presumably at large. But he's trading on that uh, uh, symbology, on that legend, in order to, and they do say this explicitly, scare his kids straight. Yes. Apparently there was no actual poison in the cups. Just wanted to be an asshole. Yeah. Then Marcus just can't shut up because he starts talking about how his days in the ROTC and how the boys were just as close then as they were now. That was until he tried to kiss Tommy Keller. Yeah, we we get a story of cycles of abuse once again in the way that only Riverdale can tell it once again. So he was sent to the sisters where he met the king and learned about griffins and gargoyles. It all made him strong. Yes, and then when he was released from his conversion therapy, learned uh, that Tom had been playing griffins and gargoyles. And uh, when he was in Pops and he learned that they were getting married, and then he learned that Moose and Kevin were together, he he wanted to destroy everything he couldn't have. Yes. We're dealing in an episode that talks about uh, forced outing. Mm-hmm. At, that talks about uh, the the psychological damage of uh, uh, conversion therapy, mm-hmm. and that the, that talks about again cycles of abuse. Yes, 
in such a high contrast way because it is fucking Riverdale after all. And like, it's one of those things where, man, it's in the right place, but there's no right way to do all of these things. Yeah. Like there, there is a call out post waiting to be made that I'm sure has because we're by now, because we're all a few days behind. Yes. About how uh, homophobic it is to say that, oh, well, all the the most virulent homophobes are themselves repressed gay people. How about you don't blame gay, blame gay people for the persecution of gay people? Can we not do that? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, I mean, forget it, Jughead, it's Riverdale. So... <laughs> Yeah. It's it's exactly the story that fits this show perfectly. It's a tricky thing. Yeah. It's a sticky thing. It's quite sticky. Like, it's quite like sticky. Maple syrup. It gets sticky. in all the crevices. What happens next? Jughead and FP go home as as they're talking about playing whack-a-mole with all the gargoyle kings that keep popping up. Yeah, people in this town fucking love craft projects. I did not know there were so many steerheads available. <laughs> Is there some sort of cowboy supply store in this town? Is that where uh, Archie bought that gun with his fake ID? Yes. Jellybean suddenly pops out. What? And FP is so excited to see his jelly belly. Uh, and they hug. We already saw Tom Keller's jelly belly earlier in the show. It's all muscle. Okay. I was worried about what that was. I mean, no, he's, he's got like one of those weightlifter guts. I mean, it's not really a gut. It's just like strong abs, not show abs. Uh-huh. Yeah. I thought of a lot of other things before that. Why? Are, it's a belly. Why are you weird? <laughs> That's already the name of a body part. So they they are all excited that she's there. Drughead's talking about her beanie. Because she got her own hat. Apparently, nice hat was uh, an ad lib from Cole Sprouse. Yeah. Nice. He wasn't in a lot of scenes. He had time to think. They probably were like, we're not writing you lines. Just make shit up. (laughs) Uh, Then uh, Jelly Bean apologizes to FP for being a jerk last time they saw each other. Uh, And then suddenly... uh, Gladys appears, mm-hmm. and we find out she's there, too. The and FP's a little frustrated at not having, you know, advance warning while he, he uh, folds some throw blankets. I guess he's embarrassed at the state of the place. But this is no simple visit. They're here for some time, buddy. Happy family reunited. Hugs all around. Hugs and smiles. Then we go check in on Archie and Josie, and she lets Archie know, well, in the end... They got the wedding they wanted. The four of them went to town hall. There was no reception in case you haven't figured it out yet, Archie. Uh, A wedding so small they did not invite the camera crew of Riverdale. Then they sing together. They just decide to to sing together. Josie is positive that she did everything she could. She laid it all out there in that uh, uh, audition. And that she's going to make it, after all, her own way. Yes. Uh, and so she, she begins to, to sing a song with Archie about young folks making it in the big city. Yeah. Uh, so then we go visit the newlywed couple who is cuddling and staring at their wedding cake that they couldn't cancel. <laughs> Gigantic wedding Kevin cake for two people. Got- to town on booking appointments for yes, shit. Yes, he did. 
reserving those caterers, all that. He invented the the sex hole uh, cam- calendar system. Yeah. He's very organized. Um, but I'm so glad someone's happy at the end of this yeah. episode. They're just like embracing, looking at eight nights worth of cake minimum. And that's me talking. That's <laughs> a lot of cake. I can eat a lot of cake. Uh, so then at school the next day, Moose and Kevin are together and Moose informs Kevin that he can't stay. Yeah. He is moving to Glendale to stay with his aunt. Yes. Who I question whether she's a witch. <laughs> Glendale is not Greendale. I know. And Kevin is like, but you have friends here. You mm-hmm. can stay with anyone. You don't have to leave. And he's like, no, I can't be here now. And I, right now. I do understand that all of his closest friends, save one. Yes. Were recruited into a homophobic hate mob to fake poison him. Yep. I wouldn't want to stay in that school either. No. That's fucked up. They better have all gotten expelled. Yes. Yes. Like, they should all be brought up on, like, fucking harassment charges. The sheriff was there. I mean, I I hope that uh, his dad is being held for child abuse in the most severe degree. Um, so they have a goodbye and a good smooch, and Kevin's crying. It's very sad. Yes. I, I do believe this is the right choice for Moose right now. Yes. But on the other hand, nothing can ever go well for our sweet boy Kevin. <laughs> nothing. That's why we need to resurrect Joaquin. Okay? Because <laughs> then he can't die. He's a zombie. He's already dead. It's great. <laughs> We already know that Kevin can still be aroused around the scent of a rotting corpse. Yes, yeah, not a problem. We, there, we have the whole time. cleared that hurdle, crossed that bridge. Can he and Fangs at least get together now? Because I was rooting for that before. I will accept that. I will be fine with that. Somebody has to assist and direct the next musical. Come on. Uh, so then we go um, check in with uh, Tony and Cheryl. Cheryl has completed her three-part plan to make amends for to, to everyone she's hurt yes. this episode. And so now it's step four, which is a special extra one. And we are led into a room with a bunch of girls. A special extra step because Cheryl is a special extra girl. Yes. She has recruited Tony, her own gang. <laughs> she, she found a bunch of miscreants hanging out by the docks. That all have leather jackets. Because apparently, requirement. They, they all have... I apparently need to get a leather jacket, and then I can be a gang member. They all have funky hairdos, and some of them have switchblades. And I'm just hoping, begging and pleading, that this gang will actually do crimes. Yeah. Please do crimes! Uh, so Cheryl's like, I got you a new family, a new community. It'll be great. <laughs> and... They don't have a name yet, so Tony names names them the Pretty Poisons. And that's why she works in photography and not words. Yeah. But they like it. They like it anyway. Yeah. Uh, so then we, we go visit Hermione and Veronica and Reggie, and they're all like, hey, you could have told us we were going to be meeting Jughead's mom. And she's all like, what? She was there? Oh, fuck. Yeah, Jughead's mom was not the courier for the buyer. Turns out she was the fucking buyer. The Toledo serpents are moving in on on Riverdale drug territory. Or were. Yes. 
And Veronica informs her that, well, it doesn't seem like she's leaving either, which Hermione's very worried about. <laughs> uh, so then we go check in on Gladys and Jellybean. And Jellybean informs her mom that uh, she's got dad wrapped right around her finger, just as her mother planned. Which, yeah, true. And the whole town. Isn't that where the dads of, what, 12-year-olds should be? Come yes, on. Yes, yes. And they talk about how, well, with FP as the sheriff and uh, them having this on the mayor, the whole town is wrapped around their finger yeah. as well. The mayor owes them a whole lot of cash uh, and they have a lot of her secrets. Yes. They have the mayor's daughter as an employee. <laughs> their their criminal takeover is, is set to go. Uh, so then we go back to Archie and Josie still singing. Still singing their song. And then a whole lot of smooching. At the start of the last uh, Cheryl and Tony scene, they do mention Cheryl's rescue from the Sisters of Quiet Mercy. Mm -hmm. While they're calling back to that episode, I'd like to call back to something I said while talking about that episode in relation to uh, uh, Josie and Archie right now, mm -hmm. which is that all kisses should be filmed in silhouette. Yeah. It's really fucking good every <laughs> single time. I love it. Yeah. It's so good. And that... Is the end of this episode. That's the end of the episode. What'd you think, darling? Well, pretty good. This is exactly the kind of episode I want out of Riverdale. Yeah. Uh, th this reminds me of things that I started saying in the uh, the season one finale. Mm-hmm. Where I, I just really appreciate when an episode is about how what is going on affects the uh, internal and interpersonal lives of the characters. Yeah. And so much of the main cast has been so plot focused. Yeah. That that uh focusing on the this orbiting four rather than core four. Yeah. gives them an excuse to to reshine that spotlight on that side. And, and yeah. We don't care about the farm. It doesn't have to be about the farm. Yeah. I would love an episode that was more about Betty than about the farm. Yes. Instead, we get an episode that's more about Reggie than about the crime. Yes. Reggie's doing the crime, and we learn a lot about Reggie and spend a lot of time with Reggie because of the crime. Yeah. But it's about Reggie. Yeah. There needs to be more episodes like this, because it's enjoyable to yes. to know what's going on with these other characters, especially when they like tease that they're bigger characters, but then they don't do anything with them. Yeah. And I'm, through them... I'm glad they're getting series regular pay. I wish yeah. they got series regular spotlight because yeah. I love them. Well, and through um, spending more time on them, then we get even more time with the characters below them. Mm -hmm. You know, it just trickles down. Yes. Which is really nice. And and even taking that focus with the other characters that get more time, like, uh, like how I, I praised the episode where they go on their cabin adventure. Yeah. It was just the four of them mostly talking about you know, their relationships and how they feel. And in some cases, conspicuously not talking, but you're still getting yeah. that drama. Yeah. And then it ended with Archie uh, uh, watching someone get murdered. And we've been dealing with the fallout ever since. Yes. <laughs> yes. It doesn't have to be plot divorced, but I would like it to be more character focused all the same. Yeah. Which is why at the top of this episode, I said I really enjoy seeing, you know, Britta London's name as, as the writer on an episode because I think uh, her episodes are ones that fall a whole lot in line with the things we talk about on, on our show that we enjoy with their show. Yeah. She, she's really good at this. Yeah. In the two weeks since we've been gone, mm -hmm. 
a lot of things have happened. Yeah. Including two of our weekly announcements. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the first is more news on that Katie Keene spinoff. Yeah. When, when we talked about it in, in our last recap episode, uh, we spent some time wondering whether this would be a true spinoff. And now we know that that is indeed the plan. Yeah. The first person cast is Ashley Murray as Josie McCoy. Yeah. And I was like, oh, dang, she's leaving Riverdale. But what we have found out is, is that this is set in the future. A few years. A few years this, in the future. This will be early 20s Josie and early 20s Katie Keene and, and their friends. Yes. Making it in the big city. Yeah. If this pilot is is purchased for a series, mm-hmm. that would give Josie plot armor for, you know, not being killed by this year's serial murderer. Yeah. But it doesn't mean much else in terms of plot relevance. How she gets to New York. How she gets, maybe we'll eventually see that story, maybe not. In practical terms, we'd probably be seeing less Josie just for Ashley Murray's shooting schedule. Yeah. Frankly, it's not like we see that much of her anyhow. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. But I, I, I like that it is an actual, like, fits the definition of spinoff spinoff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It'll, it'll be very interesting to see how that plays in, because I'm like, if they're casting her, uh, that opens a lot of doors for other characters. To appear in yes. the future. Yes. Anybody could show up with an early 20s version visiting their good friend Josie. Yeah. Maybe she patches it up with Cheryl. And Cheryl is is running a, a bee farm out in, in Oregon with Tony. Yeah. Yes. Maybe we get to see her half-sibling. <laughs> yeah. Her half-sibling comes to visit. And they, and they get to cast like a four-year-old instead. Instead of having to deal uh-huh. with babies. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, the second bit of casting news we got is for Riverdale itself. Uh-huh. They have finally announced the casting of Edgar Evernever. Yes, and it is Chad Michael Murray from One Tree Hill. He's he's back back home at at his the the network that, that made him most famous, the CW. He he was there back when it was the WB. Yeah, he was. He was. Uh, I watched the first season of One Tree Hill, Mm -hmm. like the first half season of One Tree Hill, and then I stopped. He was not in the entirety of One Tree Hill. He left before the end of the show. I think he did leave like for the last season or something. Yeah, he did sort of like a Mulder. Yeah. Yeah. What was his role on One Tree Hill? What was his character like? He was the main, one of the main characters. So are you familiar with the concept of One Tree Hill? I'm guessing it's another teen drama in in like the OC uh, Dawson's Creek mold. Yes. And it was a small town, though like East Coast. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was about a town that had lots of basketball. <laughs> uh, he was like, details a little different, but basically like the one from the wrong side of the tracks oh. and the, the single mom, poor, they don't have as much money. And then there was the other guy who's from the wealthy family with the shitty dad, but who has lots of money. And then you find out that they're brothers. <laughs> they share a dad. Mm-hmm. What? So, like, this is a show that is a clear antecedent to Riverdale. It was, yeah. it was part of the, the legacy of stakes raising that led to, say, Pretty Little Liars, Gossip Girl, yeah, yeah. and now we have Riverdale. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. 
I think it's interesting that they've cast someone in the parents' generation who played a teen not in the early 90s, but in the early 2000s. Which, I mean, he was like, I don't know, like 28 or something doing that. But to me, it is so bizarre because I am like, he's young. He still looks young. He does not look as old as all of them. Yeah, yeah. Um, And the fact that he is, I mean, yes, he he as an actor could definitely have a 16-year-old daughter. Mm-hmm. At this point, it's weird. It doesn't look like he would. Maybe we'll hear a heartbreaking story about how he had to drop out of high school as a sophomore to to raise young Evelyn. So one tree hilly. <laughs> yeah. Pretty. I'm pretty sure he got a girl pregnant in that show. <laughs> I didn't watch that far in, but I'm pretty sure someone was pregnant. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was surprised to hear this casting because... They usually announce these things a certain distance ahead of when they show up. Mm-hmm. So as not to, to be spoiled, not to be scooped by people showing up on set. Like yeah. Mark Consuelos was announced far, far ahead of yeah. Hiram's first appearance. Yeah. It makes me think we will be seeing Edgar later than I expected to. Frankly, I expected to meet Edgar by now in the third season. Yeah. But I'm, I'm clearly but, wrong. But what if... We do see him, and they've just kept it a really good secret. I mean, they, they've done it for small parts. Andy Daly and Kelly Ripa were announced very close to their appearances. Yeah. They uh, have a combined four minutes of screen time. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to put it out there. We'll see him next week. Or not, ne- next episode. Next episode. I'm going to say, sure, why not? We're going to see him next episode. Let's live wild. Some other attention that the show has gotten. The most recent episode of Saturday Night Live finally had a a Riverdale-based sketch, sort of. Kind of. Kind of. Uh, It's more like the the premise was a show, and the show they picked happened to be Riverdale. Yeah. The the actual premise is they have an actor playing a corpse who is not behaving as a, a corpse normally does on television, which is to say silent and still but insisting on making bizarre moans and and, and uh, distracting jerking motions. Yes. That, that is the joke. But as for the, the Riverdale packaging of, of this joke, uh, I think they did a good job on the uh, costuming. Oh, yes. Costuming was great. And there was one line that I felt was straight out of Riverdale. When fake Jughead says, death is the wisest teacher in Riverdale. Like, yeah, okay, somebody on the staff... Over. Watches the show yes, for real. Yes. None of the rest of the lines hit me the same way, but that one. Yeah. Yeah. I felt that the the title of the episode, even though not a movie, but we are moving <laughs> away from that trend. With Bizarro Dale, yes, you don't say. Uh, was very Riverdale-y mm-hmm, mm-hmm. as well. But, but before we get on to uh, any future titles that may or may not be films, let's talk about predictions. Okay. Well, I've already stated one of mine. There will be a, a new baby. I predict... From this blended family. A Keller McCoy baby. Okay. And that they will have a new little sibling. Okay. Neither one of them will be only children. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Not yeah. anymore they won't be. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, be- before we s- I say anything more, I have to propose that the, uh, the Sierra Tom ship name be Law and Order. <laughs> yes. Okay. Can we can we get that on record, please? Yes, it is law and order. Okay. All right. So my original prediction 
before we found out that Josie did not get into Juilliard mm-hmm. was that Juilliard was going to take her to New York, which was how she'd be there for the Katie Keene thing. Mm-hmm. What I think now is that she realizes, fuck you, Juilliard. I'm, she's either going to go to like NYU yeah. or she's, she's going to get like a Broadway audition. Mm-hmm. Just do it on her own two feet. Yep. Or, um, you know, she's going to get a whole new interest and her career is going to lead her there. Mm-hmm. But I still feel like it's going to be her career, her study. I, I think it's still going to go that route. Okay. But it, now I think not Juilliard. Fuck you, Juilliard. She's going to be like, I'm better than this. I think it would be interesting if one of her like central motivations in uh, this Katie Keene spinoff, if it takes off, is her trying to prove herself and, and demonstrate what's what to, to all the people who do have the formal training that she was deemed not good enough for. Yeah. And like, I'll, I'll show them. I kind of also love the idea of her finding a different path that she wants to do. And, like, music just being a hobby, and she finds more joy in that than it being her career. Yeah, yeah. Which is, like, how it goes for 90% of art students. What What if she finds out she really loves accountancy? Like... And becomes a real asset to her arts friends. Like that, or, like, a pastry chef, or something else. <laughs> but then she, like, sings and, like... Mm-hmm. You know, she's, she's the singing pastry chef. Like, well, like a you know, she she has like kind of like how people do like stand up. You know, once a night comes, you might she has like a a, a bar that she sings at or something every Thursday, mm-hmm. and that brings her joy. Yeah, um, I think that could be interesting. You know, seeing her on a different path, but still having that musical, or maybe she becomes a music teacher. Oh, she's studying music. Te- that'd be cool. <laughs> Like, I don't know. I mean, the, the region is short one lately, thanks to the Black Hood. Yeah. I'm just saying there's a job opening. Yeah. The pretty poisons, they will be absorbed or they will absorb Gladys's criminal operation. Mm. Gladys will either take them under her wing or they'll be like, uh, we need somebody with some irons in the fire. Hey, you, you, you need uh, people in the streets. Yeah. They there will eventually be tension, and uh, uh, Cheryl will just behead the, that top level of the organization and take Gladys's place as crime queen of Riverdale. Yeah. Yes. Interesting. That's like a for most shows, I'd say a four to five episode thing, but that's like a two episode arc right there. Yeah. Reggie is going to blow the story out on Gladys to Jughead mm-hmm. because he really just can't keep it quiet that he got shot. <laughs> and Jughead's going to be like, wait, when did that happen? Oh, oh well, it was, it was just thing. before I met your mom. And like, yeah, it just leads up. And I was like, fuck, I told you too much. We might as well know. I met your mom. <laughs> like, Or, ooh, ooh. Is that ooh, what How I Met go, Your Mother ooh, was about? They all go to Pops like as a family for dinner and they run into like Veronica and Reggie who are like uh and Jughead is one of the few people in town who can read people yes yeah it's weird doing predictions because this episode followed people that we know are not going to be the focus anytime yeah. soon yeah uh, no- nothing in this episode leads me to point to what's going to happen in the future with Betty because she wasn't in it yeah and I could try to guess what's going to happen with Kevin but I may or may not find out in six weeks. I predict the thing that rips the Jones family apart again mm-hmm. is not Gladys's lies, but the fact that Jellybean 
went along with it. Um. Like, FP won't want to, like, he won't want to turn her out, mm -hmm. but Jughead, like, is betrayed. He can't, he's like, I've already dealt with, like, my mother walking away, and now you're lying to me, too. Mm -hmm. And it's mm -hmm. like, my whole family's done this now. I would love it if, uh, I, I would love to see uh, Jellybean becoming the Wedge. Mm -hmm. Jellybean and Jughead uh, have a really genuine, caring sibling relationship. Yeah. And then uh, Jughead gets through to her, like, about how betrayed he feels when this all comes up, and she takes his side. Yeah. It's like, uh, you know, he, he confronts her, like, um, we had a chance at being a family again, and you're going to throw it away? Yeah. For, you know, whatever she's offering you, it, it's not worth, you know, having your family back. Yeah. It, it's... At least when you were angry at dad, you were being honest, and that I could respect. Yeah. 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 I think that's enough for predictions. Let's talk about what we know is going to happen. Chapter 48, airing in two weeks, February 27th, is titled Requiem for a Welterweight. Yeah. As far as I know, that's not a movie. I don't think so. Uh, I've seen sports articles with that name. I've seen a, a boxing music video. Was it the name of the song? I don't know. But I'm pretty darn sure that that is not a movie. Yeah. It's a good title, though. Yeah. Uh, but one advantage of this delay we had is is instead of watching the immediate trailer cut, we got to see the full trailer. Yeah. With pause functionality. Yeah. <laughs> So, darling, what all did you see? I saw Jughead trying to talk to Tony and assure her that they are family, and she turns him down. Because they're not anymore. I see Veronica and Gladys in a standoff. I saw Archie punching people with boxing. Yeah, in a boxing ring with and, gloves and, and ropes and, and a crowd and everything. And asking uh, Tom Keller to be in his corner. And Tom throws a towel down at his feet. I saw Alice getting uh, the farmtism. She's getting farm ties. They're dunking her in basically a cow trough full, yes. full of water. Yes. And things seem to go wrong, such as Betty yelling, she's not breathing. <laughs> I assume it's about Alice. I, yeah. Uh, Cheryl is teaching her gang archery. Yes. Yes. Jughead has to protect Jellybean. Mm-hmm. And people are lighting candles all over the we, place. We hear that sacrifices are waiting to be made. <laughs> it looks like it's going to be a hot one, and we're going to uh, pick up with everything that, that we didn't pick up on this time. Yeah. So again, that is a two-week break. Our break and their break kind of lined up, kind of staggered. So, mm -hmm. so we're, you know, just riding it out, uh, sort of rationing content. Yeah. I'm hoping to get another uh, uh, bonus episode out next Wednesday, though, just, just to keep that smooth uh, uh, run going. Mm-hmm. But thank you for sticking with us. And if you haven't listened to uh, last week's episode where I speak with Jacob Randolph, designer of Final Bid, about the, the portion that I, I collaborated on, Final, Final Bid Glenbrook, uh, a storytelling machine made of words that will hopefully help you uh, uh, make something very Riverdale akin among your friends. I really encourage you to check it out. We, we had a good time. I like to think it's it's insightful to 
anybody who enjoys uh, behind the scenes stuff, whether you're interested in, in tabletop games or not. So definitely check that out. All of my loved ones have. We are so glad to be back, and I'm so glad to have you home again, dear. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad you, you weren't bitten by some, some sort of a goat man or whatever they have in Pennsylvania. I don't know what they have some, there. Um, some manner of skunk ape. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm glad you made it home to me so, so we could uh, uh, continue our lives, including making this show that I really enjoy putting out. And if you enjoy listening to it, we'd really appreciate getting a, a rating, a review on, on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. You can also tell a friend. Tell those friends, please. And with that, I'm Elena. I'm Grant. And from us here at Sex Archie. A lot of people have had sex on that cot. Sugar. Ah, honey, honey. You are my candy girl. And you got me rocking you. Break it down with your feet. Sugar. Ah, honey, honey. You are my candy girl. And you got me rocking you. Break it down, come on. And And you got me. And you got me. And you got me. Break it down with your Please. A lot of people have had sex on that cot. Casey Cot? Casey Cot? Uh, on Casey Cut? I don't know.